Hello and welcome to On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that only pods when we're winning. So yes, the Canaries are still unbeaten in 2024, just double check my notes on that one, uh, but the road to Hull was paved with good intentions uh, and if those intentions were to dig out a win with 33% possession and make the opposition manager a bit sad, then it was mission accomplished on Friday night for Norwich City. That was largely thanks to Johnny Rowe, and we will, I imagine, say some nice things about him that we can all comfort ourselves with when he goes to West Ham or somewhere in a couple of weeks. Uh, Plus, we'll ask which body part played the biggest cameo role, Fassi's thigh, Dimmy's elbow, or Gunny's rock-hard pelvis. Uh, then there's bigger picture stuff we've not been on for a while, so we'll have our usual chat about whether we can make the playoffs and if Wagner's the right man to get us there. The banners are back, so it can only be a matter of time before the bedsheets. And Andy's here, so we'll check if he got a Christmas card off Delia and Michael after his cheeky AGM antics. <laughs> Plus, we'll welcome back Sarge, react to some huge breaking Tony Gary news and ask our panel how much they'd be prepared to pay for a coach journey to Bristol. I'm Steve Sanders, aka at NCFC Numbers, and at this week's roundtable, we've got two Two panellists who I'm 100% faithful in. I uh, had to get a traitor's reference in there. <laughs> yeah, so he's nodding approvingly. First up, a North City clairvoyant who predicted we'd get seven points over the Christmas period. Ooh, which, if you included the whole game, they did. I'm not sure we did at the time, so please don't go back and check the tape on that. It's Zoe Morgan. Zoe, hello, too late for Steve. Happy New Year, but, uh, but hello. How are you? Hello. I'm really good and absolutely thrilled that I was sort of almost right if I uh, add in another game to my points <laughs> prediction, which everyone was aghast at when I made. So, you know, doing well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with these things, you're allowed to just keep going until they get the requisite number of points that you <laughs> said. Um, I think it was only a former On The Ball podcast presenter who shall remain unnamed who was who was aghast um and then predicted six points six points yes so it's obviously (laughs) the world of the world of difference clearly um and i suppose technically speaking they didn't actually even live up to those expectations (laughs) so uh but anyway enough that that was that was last year that was last year don't talk about that um and our second panellist uh, this evening. It's his first appearance of the season and he works for ITV. So pretty soon we're expecting his work to be shaping government policy. That's my <laughs> bit of satire for the evening. Uh, for now, we'll just settle for influencing the hearts and minds of the on-the-ball audience. It's ITV Anglia reporter and presenter Andy Ward. Andy, lovely to have you back on. Uh, how have you been? Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I've been good, thank you. Yeah, it's... Um... As you said about the AGM, that was an interesting period. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure we'll touch on that on that later. But um, not much to cheer about with with Norwich City at the moment in terms of the style of play. Again, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch upon that. But in terms of work, work's great. So had the the first week of January off, uh, which, which was nice. But it did mean when I, I did eventually have to come back, it was a, a massive culture shock, uh, especially when I was on the five o'clock shift doing Good Morning Britain. So uh, that was a that was a tough one. But we're back in it now. Yeah, never take the first week of January off. That's seems a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, I promise uh, that Zoe and I will uh, be be kinder to you than Teacher uh, <laughs> and Michael were. Um, <laughs> don't think that'll be too hard. Um, anyway, we'll uh, we've got plenty of time for that. Uh, let's let's talk about something uh, altogether slightly more positive, which is uh, three points. That feels like a good place to start with our headline act. Yeah, Andy's referenced the performance. We will come on to that too. Um, but Norwich City did register 
The 2-1 win at Hull City on Friday night, their first win in East Yorkshire since 2007. They dug in, they battled, they rode their luck and ultimately took home three points. Um, Zoe, on our last pod, we were heralding Johnny Rowe uh, as our Portman Road saviour. So I apologise if I'm asking you to repeat mm-hmm. yourself, but he at it again with another brilliant goal um, on Friday. Uh think I counted seven touches because obviously I am sad enough to get back and check uh, but they were all great and he's got 12 for the season now um is he Norwich City's most important player I mean I know we've been saying Sarah most of the season but but Roe is really impacting on games at the moment and did so again yeah absolutely he seems to be he seems to be the player that's capable of I guess rising above everything else that's going on not getting bogged down in it I suppose it's the uh the sort of youthful exuberance that he's got he's not too uh too kind of ground down by these things happening too often in his life so uh yeah he you know he seems to be the one person that is flying it sort of in despite perhaps other circumstances you know yeah Sarah is obviously kind of our I would say best player um you know most accomplished player but he is being heavily impacted by the formation that we're playing, by the way that he's being asked to play. He was on the TV uh, before the whole game, sort of being asked about being uh, asked to play so defensively. He had a sort of wry smile on his face. Uh, He handled it quite well, I thought, but he still even said that he'd prefer to be playing further forward. And um, I think at the moment, he's just being asked to do so much that it's impossible to get the best out of him. Whereas I think somehow we are potentially seeing the best of Roe. Um, and it, it's just, I've said this before about six million times this season already, but the, you know, the one bright, the real bright sort of spark in this whole season has been Johnny Rowe and everything about him just sort of brings that sort of purity of supporting football and watching, you know, young players come through and break through and really impress people. Um, just a shame he had to score that wonder goal on the TV in front of everybody that might be watching in January. So, yeah, he's. I think the importance of him cannot be understated in that the the way that he can separate him or himself almost from what else is going on. Yeah, I think they call it a Travella. Is that right? I saw it called a Travella, which I think in layman's terms just means he kicked it with the outside of his foot and it went in the goal. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, it it was a shame, the timing. But um, I, I, I sort of think as much as we can criticise Wagner for the Sarah and as much as Sarah seemingly would like to criticise him for the way he's being used, I guess he's, he's kind of getting the most out of Rowe um, in terms of where he's playing on the pitch in that he kind of tucks in and has the opportunity to, to get shots away. Um, and obviously it helps that he is taking his chances exceedingly well. Andy... Zoe's alluded to the fact that we have, what is it, 16 days left as a transfer window. Do you think he'll still be here uh, at the end of it? What, uh, David Wagner or Rowe? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been asking about either yeah. of them, specifically yeah. Rowe, but uh, I, you can you can answer uh, on behalf of both if you'd like. Yeah, I, I, I suspect he will be. I think it would be a very big offer that would that would have to tempt them now um, to, to sell at this stage because as Zoe maps out, he's such an important player, isn't he? Um, I, I, I suspect they'll they'll kind of keep him till the end of the season. Then if Norwich don't get promoted, as, as I, I guess we all assume they, they probably won't, I think that's when he, he will move on. Um, but he's, he is 
such an important player, isn't he? He's the, he's the one player that they turn to to create things. And without him, you, you do wonder where they'd be because um, he's, he's just such a creative player in, the, in this team. And it, it just feels like without him, I, I just don't know where the goals would come from. I, I, I honestly don't. Um, mm. it's, it's great that Sargent's back and that's, that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure that will improve things in terms of Norwich's attacking output. But he, he really is a special talent and I, I think he's going to have an incredible future. I just don't think it's going to be long term at Norwich City. Yeah, you're absolutely, I mean, the, the wingers have outscored the strikers this season, which uh, is is kind of surprising when you think we play two of each and you would assume that the strikers are getting in the positions to, to score. Um, let's talk about the performance then. It wasn't the prettiest win, Zoe. Uh, <laughs> reference the fact we had only a third of the ball. Um, and that's the, only the second time since the Man City win in 2018 that we've had as little possession and won. Uh, the other one was Watford away, which is also on a Friday night, the Sarge. Nice. Um, I mean, I don't think there is a name for that finish, whatever that no. was. The semi-scorpion kick? No. Mm. No. Scorpion's In- like injured that. scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Demented scorpion. Um, <laughs> but we're now two points off the playoffs. So, you know, we are there or thereabouts. Uh, what, how, how do you feel about, about performance versus results? Because it, it is a debate that's raging. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Times really have changed since that Man City game, haven't they? It's, it's not, uh, <laughs> Sorry not, to remind not, you. not something I want to dwell on, really. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's obviously, uh, you know me, uh, and the conversations that we usually have, obviously I'm on the playoff, I'm on the playoff bandwagon. I feel like things are going to come good at any point. We're getting the results. kind of feels, it kind of feels a bit ungrateful, I suppose, to be moaning about the fact that we pick up three points with a really battling display away from home on a pitch that is all cut up and um, a place that we've not won in many years, a team that are higher above us in the table. Um, Yeah, it feels a bit sort of ridiculous to be moaning about that and I'm trying not to, but it, it is also... I guess, difficult to kind of come to, t- I, I suppose it's all about, this season is all a bit about coming to terms with where we find ourselves. Um, and I think that's that's what's increasingly difficult to kind of swallow, I suppose, that, you know, <clears throat> technically we shouldn't be setting up like that against Hull away from home. You know, as, <clears throat> as the TV commentator said twice, um, I think he repeated his script, uh, that, we used to boss this league and now, you know, and, and now look at us, basically. Um, something about inconsistency that kept coming up as well. Um, but we did. And, you know, we've got one of the biggest budgets in the league. Um, our squad is full of very talented, capable players. And I suppose it sticks in the throat a little bit that we th- it doesn't feel like this team are playing to the best of their abilities and that's what's quite difficult to come to terms with I think um you know with a team with you know lots of people have said this but with Sarah and Roe and Science and Sargent and all of that kind of and Nunez as well of that sort of attacking creative talent you think you know back to times past of a few years ago and what would a team playing Farker ball this team playing Farker ball look like and and what kind of excitement and joy would we get from that team playing in that exciting way and um 
I don't know, this sort of determination now to suddenly sort of shut up shop and keep things tight, I think doesn't play to any of our strengths particularly. Um, it's not what the fans want. I don't think it's what the manager wants. I don't think it's what half the players want. It's this weird sort of state of affairs where it's sort of like, let's prove everybody wrong. But at the same time, it's not it's not pleasing anyone. And um, yeah, like I say, it's it's sort of difficult to not be happy that we've got three points away from home but the circumstances are kind of dictating that you know it's sort of increasingly frustrating and you know Sarah hasn't been I don't think he's got a goal or an assist for nine games and like that you know when he was sort of scoring wonder goals every other every other game and it you know that's a sort of symptom of um of what's going on I think and yeah it's just it's just a shame that this is the situation we're, we're in I think Obviously, you know, a massive part of my attitude is we're, we're going to get in the playoffs and it's all going to be fine. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the slight realist in me is like, God, I wish this was more exciting. And that's where I am, I think. Yeah, I wonder if Sarah would have uh, offered up the same rice smile if uh, he'd been told he hadn't got nine goals and nine, or, uh, and nine <laughs> assists. Or sorry, a goal or an assist in the last nine games uh, before the game. Um, and I'll, I'll put a similar question to you. Will Alice, before um, before the pod asked the question, if Norwich scrap their way to sixth and finish in the playoffs, do we all vag... I can't get my words out tonight. Do we all owe Wagner an apology? Performances have looked poor for a while and we've said the good results appeared unsustainable, but they've been sustained for a long while now since the Cardiff away comeback. Um, do we, will we owe Wagner an apology? Do we? Um, I have my own thoughts about this, but um, yeah, I wanted to see what you thought. I, I don't think we do actually, because I think, <laughs> as, no, I just think as Zoe maps out, this is a very capable squad. And I, I actually believe it should be towards the top six. There, there's some fantastic players within that squad. I mean, Zoe mapped out there. You've got six full internationals. You've got Johnny Rowe, who's a England under-21 international. And, and the other players are experienced Premier League players like Ashley Barnes, Jack Stacey, and, and Gabby Sarah, who we, who we talked about there. And I, I, think, I think that squad should be capable of at least pushing for the top six. And I think it's kind of an irrelevant question because I just don't think Norwich are good enough to get in there. Um, I, I just don't think that they've they've shown they can string that consistent run of um, performances and results together that will get them in the top six shakeup. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I know they're only two points off at the moment, and that's a, a, a nice position to be in. But I, I don't know if I've seen the evidence, performance-wise, at, at the very least, that they can they can they can kind of string this all together. Uh, the one thing I will say is I. I You've got to credit credit Wagner in the fact that he's recognised there has been a problem and he, he has resolved it defensively at least. So you, you you can't you can't fault him for that. He's he's doing the right thing to to save his job effectively, isn't he? I think he would have been under massive pressure if Adamida hadn't scored that goal against Cardiff to win that game. Um, and for for his sake, you can understand why he's doing it. I just think it's come at the detriment of such creative players like Sarah. And I think it's I just think it's a shame. I think. When you've got a player like Sarah, who, let's be honest, I, I, I would think he's one of the top five players in the league. I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone would disagree mm -hmm. with that, but yeah, ability-wise, he probably is. And Norwich are playing him in a position that doesn't suit him and he's not doing anything that he's capable of, of, of producing. He, he's not a defensive midfielder, which is kind of where he's been asked to play at the moment. He should, the team should be built around him, in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to come out in, in semi-defence of David Wagner, I think, because I, I agree with a lot of the points you've made, which is we're probably not utilising our best player. In fact, we're, we're definitely not utilising our best player in, in the way that we should be. Uh, and that is a frustration. It's not fantastic to watch. And there are, and, and we arguably have a better squad, arguably, than the league position is currently. I would have got rid of him after the Blackburn game. I think we'd had a podcast and I said at the time, I'm not really sure why he's still here. Since then, well, at that point, we were nine points off the playoffs and we were 17th. And we're now 11th and two points off, as, as we've already said. Um, there's only four teams that have won more games than us since that point. So since that real Nadir, we have been in playoff form. Um, as you pointed out, Andy, um, the defence is a lot better. Since Angus Gunn's come back in, we've conceded basically a goal a game, which is you would think if that carries on, and that's a massive if, because I think we've earned a lot of points, um, we would finish in in the top six. And I, I kind of think in some senses, the squad that we've got does sort of lend itself to the way that we're playing in, in some senses. I think if you sign a centre-half like Shane Duffy and you have centre-halves like Ben Gibson, it's not that much of a surprise when away to another playoff chasing team, you kind of sit deep and you rely on some attacking talent to to get you a goal. Same with the likes of, of Ashley Barnes. And where I would say he's been quite good is adapting his style to um, kind of grind out results, I guess, against better sides. Honestly, I think that Southampton game, I'm really sounding like one of uh, Delia's 80% here, aren't I? Um, but I think that Southampton game was really... Uh, I can't really understand the reaction from a lot of the fans saying to Wagner, your football is uh, is shit, parental advisory. Um, you say that before, don't you? Um, <laughs> and it wasn't a great watch, but Southampton was 17 unbeaten. And I, and I think we did quite well to get a point out of the game. And I also think we did pretty well to win on Friday against a team above us in the table. And a game that we really had to win if we'd lost that game, the season would be over. So... I, I do concur. The style is not great um, and it's not always fun to watch. But this squad and this team is infinitely preferable to the one we had last season, in my opinion. I think they fight for points. I think I think they clearly are still behind the manager, even though not, you know, there might be some questions over could could we get a better one in? In fact, there's no question. A, another manager probably could do a better job if we got the right one. But I don't know if it's enough to sack him. I, and I think our form, the way it is over the last couple of months, we're not, we're not going to. So I kind of think, I, I hope that we get behind, everyone gets behind it on Saturday um, and it doesn't turn quickly. But that's my that's my case for the defence. And I, I don't know if a lot of that is just cloud cuckoo land stuff. Uh, anyone want to come back on any of that? <laughs> I do agree with you that I think we're moving further and further away from the possibility of him being sacked. I think we do have to come to terms okay. <laughs> with the fact that that it seems unlikely to happen, any, certainly anytime soon. And if it doesn't happen in January, then it's not, yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and... Like, and I've said before, I, I, I like him and I do want him to do well. I, I want... I just want to enjoy it, I think, is mm. um I think that's that's quite important to me. I travel quite a long way to go <laughs> to go and watch the football and I'd I'd rather that it was 
a bit yeah there was there was a spirit there that I think is possibly lacking at the same time I say that I do think all of the players are that do seem very united they seem to be a Mm. unit they seem to be playing whether it's for each other or for him or you know there doesn't seem to be huge huge signs of you know the players giving up and the players wanting him to get sacked and that's quite I guess heartening to see um, amid so much criticism and hopefully you know they can all band together and sort of teach us all a lesson in terms of what what success they get I think yeah it's just a it's a difficult it's a really difficult one to weigh up and as someone that is instinctively incredibly positive it it does feel really weird to be quite critical about them but it, it I think it's just the result of three years of it just they're not being huge amounts to grab onto in terms of really positive things to talk about. And that it sort of gets to, I think, in the end of uh, just just wishing that something comes up to life a little bit. And I, I don't doubt that it's there somewhere waiting to happen, but I'm not entirely sure what is going to cause it at this moment. I, I think where we probably do all agree is that in spite of everything I've said, I would also say I don't think we're going to make the playoffs with I, you know <laughs> I, I, I'm more positive than I was because I think the front four that played against Hull have not played together all season and Hanley is back we've now got gun in goal I think I think if this if the 11 that played on Saturday, Friday uh, can stay fit for the majority of the season that gives us a chance I think the rest of the squad's not strong enough uh, sorry Andy you were going to you were going to come in Yeah I I think that's a fair point from Zoe because when when you when you actually look back, it's been so long since Norwich fans have seen good football at Cat Road, hasn't it? I mean, you, mm. even even the the promotion season was behind closed doors, and I, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel it's interesting you asked earlier about the performance versus the result, and I'm sort of leaning more towards the the performances now mm. because it, I just feel so starved as a fan of of watching good football at Cat Road, and I, I'd kind of rather this is just me personally thinking, um, uh, personally speaking, I would just rather get behind. A project in inverted yeah. commas where we've got a young exciting team that okay they're going to lose a few games but you expect that with young players and mm-hmm. I know Napa wants to change that and I think that's that's really good and I think that's really positive and that will probably take place in the summer we've got loads of players out of contract and they'll probably bring some fresher young players in but I think fans could get behind that if you could see what they're trying to do it just seems at the moment and I, I get it I completely get it with David Wagner because he will have aspirations of getting in the playoffs. And, and as we touched upon earlier, he wants to keep his job. Of course he does. But is it sustainable to just wait for a moment of magic from someone like Johnny Rowe and then just hang on for dear life? And that's what they do, isn't it? That's kind of, you know, 30% possession, let Hull have all the ball, invite them on. And against if you do that against Leeds, for example, they're going to get battered, I'm telling mm. you now. So I just don't think it's a s- sustainable way to play in the long term. So I'd kind of rather see... A progressive style of play and, and lose a few games and be mid-table, but have that sort of carrot dangling that once it's all clicks together, they, they could be a really really good team. And we yeah, see that. And and I think I think it's a it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Because I I'm sort of happy. I, I think I feel like I've seen so much. We've seen so much dross over the last few years that actually, oh, an away win at Hull, that's quite nice. Like I can be happy about that. So, uh, but yes, I think I think I'm probably in the minority there um but let's talk about a, a little bit more about that away win um uh angus gunn did well didn't he um, <laughs> <laughs> um and 
um, yeah, I, you know, we've, we've spoken about the impact that he's had since he's come back in. Um, I mean, you know, obviously eulogise about Johnny Rowe, but Gunn was probably equally important in that. So he wasn't he. And um, that the, the save from Billy Sharp in particular um, was, yeah, well, he, he had to make <laughs> it. It was, it was good. good. Yes, yes, it was, it was good. good. Please elaborate. <laughs> Uh, it's it's good to have someone that does look like a goalkeeper back in goal. That's a uh, that's a good start. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in his jeans. Also, uh, it's so it. I think so we're so used to now knowing what Brian Gunn looks like now that it's it's like you sort of think, oh, Angus doesn't look anything like Brian Gunn, and then you look at an old picture of Brian Gunn, and they're almost the spitting image of each other, and it's quite. Uh, Really, it's it, yeah, it's quite spooky how much young Angus looks like young Brian. They are very similar. Um, which is Angus's head? Would he? Would he look like? Would he? Would Would you see? <laughs> I think it's in the eyes. I think they've got the same eyes. So uh, yeah, actor <laughs> people losing their hair again. Yeah, anyway, not. that's not too. But anyway, back to Angus. He, uh, yeah, I think he's been he's been so good. Um, and the sort of combination of him and Kenny, um, I'm still I'm still on my charge to get Kenny in central defence for the Euros for Scotland. I think that's <laughs> uh, it's got to happen. But you know that combination of those two, I feel like they they are two very communicative people, and I, I feel like that's a good combination. Um, and yeah, there was also I, I suppose we're going to get onto the incident of of Angus. Well, let's uh, let's do it nearly, now. Ki- nearly killing someone. I thought I thought he had killed him when, <laughs> when it happened. I, I instinctively like looked away from the TV because he'd sort of gone flying, and I was like, oh my god. Um, but it it wasn't a foul, right? Are we all no. like in no, agreement? No, definitely not. I mean, no, I don't no. think it necessarily was. I suppose it was a little bit harsh. That it was a foul against the whole player. But if it was going yeah, to be a, a foul, if anyone was fouling anyone there, it was him because he wasn't looking at the ball. I don't think at that point. But absolute madness to do it in the first, like to go flying in there. Like Angus was never going to pull out of that situation. And sort of this man half his size suddenly just sort of throws himself head first at him i don't i don't really know what he was expecting to happen well i i wondered if they had some if they got it in for aaron Connolly because shane duffy took him out in the first minute of the game yeah. and he definitely did something similar in the reverse fiction both times he kind of went up to him and was like oh you know are you all right and and then just walked off yeah. but they, they must know each other teammates so <laughs> it's almost like they had a sweepstake going of who could do the challenge to force him off the pitch I feel like he did a lot of uh, moaning um, in the game at Carrow Road when he came on. I feel like, mm. I don't know if there's anything in that. I mean, Hull in general, two two games of a lot of moaning going on. And, and um, a lot of diving as well. A lot of diving and a lot of sort of, I don't know what has happened to Liam Rossinia since he stopped being a TV pundit because he was so brilliant and so friendly and charming and all of these things when he was a TV pundit. And he seems to have developed, one, he can't look at a, a camera directly, just looks <laughs> at the floor intently the entire time. And the the rest of the time seems to spend like just moaning about stuff that's going on. And it seems so at odds to the way he was when he was, uh, you know, absolutely loving life uh, when Norwich City were winning the championship in 1819. Um, he, yeah, he, he's a very different manager 
to what I think I would have expected. Um, and his team seemed to sort of be reflecting some of those sort of slightly moany attitudes on the pitch, I think. Well, I, I really enjoyed him in the post-match interview saying how happy he was with the, everything and the performance and everything while c- clearly looking <laughs> highly frustrated, like the most frustrated he could possibly be and uh, just shaking his head like he couldn't he couldn't even keep the frustration in. But no, 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 I'm really happy with this. I'm really happy with this performance. Um, <laughs> that, that was brilliant. And of course, the other moment that um, uh, he was... Well, one of a few moments that he was upset about anyway was the uh, the stray elbow of of Dimmy Andy. Um, I mean, yeah. Sky were Sky were adamant that they didn't want to see it, uh, which was ironic as they uh, showed it about five times before we got to see the goal at halftime uh, from numerous different angles. Um, lucky to stay on, in your opinion? Very lucky. Um, <laughs> I I can't believe he didn't get sent off for that. I, I've got to be honest. Because he even has a little look, doesn't he? Before mm. he, he sort of makes contact with Louis Louis Coyle, and I don't know if you saw after the game, Louis Coyle had this massive egg on his on yeah. his head. So um, yeah, then he then he got in good and proper there. A, a silly thing to do, to be honest. I mean that it just shows you how things could have turned out differently. Because if he's sent off there, mm-hmm. I think that came just before the row goal as well, didn't it? So, yeah, yeah, three minutes before. You know, Norwich would have been down to ten men. <laughs> you know, Row might not have scored that goal, and, and it could have been so different. Uh, but they do just have this little bits of indiscipline that just sneak in every now mm-hmm. and then, don't they? Um, yeah. Don't know why, but I, I think he was very, very fortunate not to be sent off for that. Well, we because uh, you're absolutely right, because since we've last done a pod, uh, we've had the science red card at West Brom, yeah. obviously. Um, Ashley Barnes somehow <laughs> didn't get yeah. sent off. How did he get away with that? Yeah. And, you know, another string to David Wagner's bow, just taking players off before they get sent off um, and <laughs> Dimmy getting to add to his uh, collection of being hooked at half time uh, that was that was nice to see um also i mean he definitely would have writhed around the floor if he'd on the floor if he'd been on the uh, receiving end of it so uh, oh, it, yeah. i did wonder whether he's trying to recruit another member of his like masked gang that he uh, so someone else to <laughs> someone else to join him in his uh, to get a superhero gang wearing masks during the game <laughs> yeah a team of zorros um <laughs> i suppose we should probably mention that uh well a nice moment for Onel, a nice moment for Christian Fasnacht. Um, good finish, actually. I thought for that second goal, looked kind of lucky, but I think he, I think he meant to sort of guide it in that way, didn't he? Um, he's got a bit of a knack for for scoring, um, kind of getting those positions and scoring. Um, anything else from the whole game, or uh, that anyone? I mean, it was now three days ago, so <laughs> um, <laughs> if. If not, uh, then uh, let's move it on to things we are not going to talk about. And um, let's not talk about the transfer window, um, which, well, I guess it's it's swung open. It's about as far ajar as it could possibly be at the moment. It seems about halfway through January. Um, the the devastate the big news, the devastating news is that we have lost Tony Gary Springett uh, for the rest of the season on loan to Northampton. Um, Zoe, uh, immediate thoughts. Uh, do you want to read out a eulogy? Um, how, how do you feel? It's I mean, still coming, to, still coming to terms with it, I think. Um, hopefully we can still track his progress on the podcast uh, while he still is an Norwich City player. Um, I think he would want that as as a friend of the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, we can ask him, obviously, um, <laughs> because we're in, in regular touch with him. Um, <laughs> he's not gone far anyway. He's only gone to Northampton. That feels, feels about right, I think. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on there uh, from a... Can he hack it at that level and therefore 
get a chance. You know, a little bit like Abu Kamara's, you know, kind of doing for Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, other uh, disappearies. Um, Huang has gone back to Forest. Uh, I don't think we need to speculate too hard on the reasons why. Um, <laughs> Andy, will they will they miss Huang? I mean, he, he'll always have that goal at Watford, right? Yeah, and what a goal it was, by the way. What a goal it Incredible, was. Incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. No, he, it's interesting because he was sort of showing, it was just starting to show some signs of, of potential, wasn't he? Um, and actually, I was quite impressed with him towards the end of his loan spell. But anyway, he's got this uh, mystery hamstring injury that will at <coughs> some point clear up, I, I think, over the, the next six weeks. Um, <laughs> um, but he, as I said, he was starting to show what he's all about. And I think what you've got to remember with him is that he's not played for so long, has he? He's, mm-hmm. he, he had like a whole year out before that. Um, but he's, he's clearly not a mug, is he? He's, he's got a lot of caps for South Korea. Whether he'll get any more, I don't know. But um, <laughs> well, that, that remains to be seen. Um, but I don't, I don't think Norwich are going to miss him hugely, are they? Because Sargent coming back, as we touched upon earlier, is, is a huge plus, isn't it? And you couldn't really see a scenario where he's going to get ahead of uh, Sargent in the team. And obviously, either is the, the 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 best championship sub. Is that what David Wagner christened him? Um, so you got him coming off the bench. So then, you, then you're looking for where's Wang going to fit in there, and he probably doesn't. So I think Norwich can limp on until the end of the season with with just those options. I, I would think. Although, given that we blamed our complete capitulation at Watford to on uh, Huang's sudden disappearance with injury, I mean, how how are the players yeah. going to cope with his sudden? Oh, yeah exit and back to Nottingham Forest are we going to be able to get over it and <laughs> yeah I mean normally well what, what usually happens when players disappear with a mystery hamstring injury is they rock up at Middlesbrough uh, in the case. <laughs> <laughs> so coming to a northeast club uh near you soon I guess just, just on Tony Spring it I can still track his progress because we do cover Northampton Town. So that's exciting for me. I, he's not really gone in my eyes. So um, I'll keep you posted, Zoe. The Tony Gary uh, correspondent for the Michael Bailey yeah. podcast. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Please, <laughs> it's niche. <could> be? <laughs> it's niche, but we, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'd like to see, uh, we'd like to see full segments uh, on, uh, on ITV Anglia <laughs> News, please, Andy, if that's okay. Um, yeah, we will be checking back in then with Andy before the end of the season. We'll have to. We'll have to. Um, I mean... In terms of players coming in, do we want anyone? Do we expect anyone? Um, I mean, let's let's take a yes. We'd love a defensive midfielder as red, um, and also that's not going to happen. Also as red. Uh, but that aside, is is there anything um, that that we would like? Is, uh, Nap has suggested that we could see a new face. Well, I feel like he has. In that he's not Stuart Weber. I don't think we'll see anyone. But does anybody else? No. <laughs> the defensive midfielder is the position they need, though, isn't it? It really is, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that could unlock... We touched on it earlier. That could unlock Sarah. That mm-hmm. could unlock Nunez. And and that does seem the key position to me. I read today but, that uh, Man City are asking for £7 million just to take Calvin Phillips on loan. So I, I feel that probably rules us out <laughs> of the running for Calvin Phillips, which is a shame. Because <laughs> uh, it would be ideal. <laughs> it really would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we could scrape give seven millions. Yeah, we could do that. Give, give him a game. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ready for the Euros. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but, win-win. But it's, it's so interesting because we, we've talked about that position so often, haven't we? I mean, literally seasons, and they've never addressed it. Mm. And I, it's, it's just quite an interesting point that that hasn't been addressed. Um, but they are, they're worth their weight in gold. They're almost like strikers now, aren't they? They're so, so rare that you get a good one. I mean, obviously Norwich have skipped, but... 
and, yeah. and Teti, it makes you realize how good Teti was in, in some respects as so well, good. doesn't it? Yeah, I, I really wonder, does. starting to wonder if it's just written in his contract to make him look better you know we won't <laughs> sign a defense midfielder for at least yeah. five years after you go in fact we'll hire a manager who doesn't seem to believe in or, them. or yeah, believe in them, doesn't realize they exist um well for gabby sarah's sake if nobody else's uh well and all of ours let's let's hope we get one but um i think we could be waiting another six months at least um Fine. I mean, just to round off, Archie Mayer has gone to Morecambe on loan and uh, Emmanuel Adeboyega has gone to Walsall on loan. Uh, but we will see what else happens for the rest of January. Um, well, in terms of players coming back, we have talked about Sargent. We have talked about Hanley. Um, Ashley Barnes is, is still here, despite the rumours that he'd been sacked in the changing rooms <laughs> after the Millwall game. <laughs> it was totally bizarre. And then Oh, he's starting against Bristol Rovers. Okay, maybe he has got a role to play still. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was really good at Hull. I have to say, I, I thought, thought he so had too. a really good game. Yeah, um, he really did leap in the front there. Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, and do we want to say any more positive about Ashley Barnes just to annoy Dan? Or uh... <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he was exactly what I think we might have hoped we were getting. Uh, mm. in that whole game um, and you know without any of the other context that sort of attitude uh, is exactly what we needed a bit of uh, last season so yeah ignore every other factor of <laughs> the entire season and the rest of the squad excellent <laughs> well I, I think it's fair to say he's been good when he I know Sergeant was was pretty peripheral on Friday but when he's played with Sergeant, he has looked good mm-hmm. um, and yeah, let's ignore other p- bits of the season. Also, um, I just like that celebration where he just puts on a pair of glasses. Just... <laughs> Upside down glasses. bit Dennis <laughs> Taylor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did Deli Alley do something along those lines? Mm. I feel like Who? he did a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. he could... it's our next defensive midfielder. That's what we're yeah, we maybe. We can, <laughs> we can turn him into one. Um well, 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 talking talking of, uh, of of signings and lack of money, let's that brings us on to uh, Delia and Michael. Um, the yeah, I, I mean they're not going to let this go. The Ipswich Town, um, Carlsberg, Cangate. Um, they uh, well, we're not going to let this go either because it did happen a week or two ago. But um, they came out with a statement um, that they would like to thank all the Ipswich Town supporters who are still sending messages of support and even flowers after the event to apologise for what took place the Derby match. Uh, since there's a but coming, there has been a very good relationship with Ipswich Town during our tenure of 28 years. And we are saddened that we are yet to receive a public apology. Um, I mean, I, I, I sort of, I don't know if I should bring up a question that is just, do we care? But do we care? Is it like, you know, read the room, guys? What do you think, Zoe? I'd like to know how many people have sent them flowers. <laughs> I, think I, <laughs> I think it would probably be, you know, writing a card, maybe a letter, I can just about understand, but I'm not sure it would come too high up my list to send the owner of biggest rivals football club a bunch of flowers because a beer can landed on their car. Anyway, um, A, I think, like, it's weird that Ipswich didn't apologise for it. Like, it is weird um, and bad form and, yeah, just a bit odd. So I can kind of, I can kind of see why it would still be narking them because, mm. like... Yeah, I think there's a certain as we I, I think I think we can 
guess about what Delia and Michael like, but there's a certain amount of proper behaviour that I think is expected. And I, th- I think this yeah. goes against it a little bit. Um, and I imagine it was quite a shock when it happened um, and not very nice for them um, because it's not just that happening in isolation, but I suppose there's a worry that what is going to happen next, like you've still got the rest of that journey to go and you've got to leave the ground as well. And I, I think there's, you know, it can shake you up a little bit and they are old as we know. Um so a bit, yeah, I've got a bit of sympathy for them there. At the same time, do you need to do that in public? Could you just drop a note to Ipswich saying it's a bit weird that you haven't apologised? It would be really nice if you like if you did. <laughs> um, there are bigger fish to fry at the moment. I think like if if it was completely in a different season where different things were happening, I think we'd uh, all have thrown our might behind them in support of them. But it's um it's not quite happened like that so it just feels a bit um it's just yeah it's, it's just all a bit odd I suppose um but in terms of why they're why they're upset about it I do I, I I do get it you know it's not the biggest thing to have ever happened but I can get why they were upset by it yeah and and for the record this this pod does not advocate throwing cans at uh octogenarians um even cans of Carlsberg you know which I was quite impressed at how it balanced on the car though I don't know if that was deliberate it was very impressive um, it's magnetic Carlsberg in some way well that's <laughs> worth worth keeping hold of then um I mean you mentioned narking uh, Delia and Michael. We've we've got the perfect person to turn to as it happens. Um, <laughs> and I mean, again, this is going back even further. But uh, obviously, you had a, um, a an interesting exchange with them at the uh, AGM in uh, in November, I think it was. Um, worth going back and seeking if anybody hasn't watched it. Um, they are really quite. Um, short with your line of questioning, I think, which um, I thought was actually very good, very fair. You held them to account nicely, um, but a difficult situation for you to be in. I mean, was did it did it feel did it feel uncomfortable for you at the time? It felt the whole evening felt tense. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, even from the, the the first bit where the you know the fans are asking the questions, I think there was a couple of questions there that I won't divulge what they were, but they they sort of got their backs up to that. And I think they kind of carried that into the interviews with the press as well. So I think they were already a little bit touchy about what was said in, in that forum. Um, and it, it, it did feel quite tense, I have to admit. Um, you know, you start with it, you, you sort of ease them in, and then you, you've got to get to the, the crux of the questions that you know are going to be controversial. And I still stand by what I asked because... We we don't know if, if Ben Napper was thinking of, of sacking David Wagner. I suspect he probably wasn't. But it did kind of feel like Delia making that phone call, which, as we all know, she's 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 lovely. She's a, she's a really good owner in that respect. And mm. I think all of us have got huge respect for her. And it would, it would have been done with the, the best intentions. But as a new guy into that job, who's, who's never, never done that before, it kind of made his mind up for him, I, I, I thought. So I just thought it was worth asking the question. Um, and yeah, as you said, um, she didn't take too kindly to it, and neither did Michael. But you know, we, we, that's uh, that's their prerogative, that's their their opinion, and they're completely entitled to do that. And as I said, I've got huge respect for them; that won't ever change. Um, but it was it was a, a tricky situation in, in that respect as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about easing them in. Um, I think the answer to your first question was about three words, and at that point, I thought, if I was in your shoes, I probably would have 
crumbled and gone oh well I won't ask the really difficult ones then but you stuck to your guns and that's probably why uh well one of the reasons why you are a respected local reporter and I'm not I just sit here and moan about things on a podcast um but speaking of moaning about things um I think I found the uh the way that we're going to raise that seven million pound for Calvin Phillips um it's it's coach travel guys (laughs) (laughs) 54 pounds to go to Bristol anyone um, a lot of money, isn't it? If they told you it was for Calvin Phillips, would you would you get would you get on that bus? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably pay the money and not get on the bus. To be honest. <laughs> I think I think we could play it as a defensive midfielder, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Literally park the bus. <laughs> Literally park the bus. Uh, that might be what we do anyway, in a metaphorical sense. Um, and of course, a one pound discount for the uh, season ticket yeah. holders, which um, I remember when. Uh, one pound you know we used to do kids for a quid one pound was enough to get you literally in the ground um also also the, the ticket for the game if you're under 14 is six pounds so the travel would be nine times the cost of the game <laughs> i mean we're laughing about it is just utterly ludicrous um especially in like i don't know cost of living crisis and all that you know that's it's madness um that's just my opinion anyway i'm sure there are perfectly good uh reasons for it there are um anyway have have we got any other uh things we're not going to talk about or um the, the pensive look suggests that i well if 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 anything comes up we've still got yeah, Kenny uh, other business which is basically the same kind of thing but slightly <laughs> later on um so uh, let's pretend like this was a uh, a natural segue from talking about Bristol Rovers travel to talking about the actual Bristol Rovers game here we go this is almost fantasy football Yep, those uh, lucky, lucky club cabbage ticket holders will be making the trip west on Wednesday uh, with the prize slash punishment of a win, meaning we uh, we get to dust off the old uh, Jeremy Goss at the old COP VT uh, as we'll be off to Anfield to play Liverpool on Sunday the 28th of January. Um, Andy, how much would you like that game? How much would you like to win on Wednesday? Um, I, I, I'm asking that question. I mean, it seems like the most basic question to ask a Norwich City fan on a football podcast, but I, I don't know how fussed I am, if I'm no, honest. You, you want to win every game, don't you? Yeah, but you do, of course. You I, do. If you're going to lose any, that's not a bad one, I think, because, I don't know, the, the thought of playing Anfield, top, of, you know, going to Anfield, Liverpool, top of the Premier League, it mm. doesn't fill me with a lot of joy, if I'm being honest. It's not a happy hunting ground, is it? I suspect it wouldn't be this time. And it kind of feels like, I just think Bristol Rovers would enjoy it more, don't you? Yeah. Their fans haven't been to these these sort of grounds in in a while. And it, it would feel like a chore to Norwich. Yeah. And I think it would be an unbelievable thing for Bristol Rovers to do. So I we, we talked about it earlier, but Norwich have to focus on trying to make those playoffs. Whether they're good enough to get in them, I, I, I suspect mm-hmm. they're not, but we'll, we'll see. And that has to be the focus. So... Uh, you feel for those fans that are going to fork out 54 quid or 53. It might be 53 for the <laughs> to, travel to, to travel to Bristol and, and watch their team lose. But would it be the worst thing in the world? I, I don't think it would because there's not a cat in hell's chance that they can win at Anfield. I just can't see it. No. So, um, no, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um- I'm the I'm the same as you. I sort of feel like just a reaction from both sets of fans. It's it's like it feels like it would be nice for Bristol Rovers. I mean, what will probably happen is, you know, Chris Martin will end up kicking our centre halves to bits, and we'll we'll be furious with them, and then completely, <laughs> you know, begrudging of them getting the tie. Um, but we went out to Liverpool um, 
a couple of years ago, didn't we, at Anfield? And uh, it, yeah. I, I'm going to say we'll be outsiders for, for that one, uh, should the tie <laughs> occur. Um, Zoe, I guess the pack will probably be shuffled for that one. So who's going to get an opportunity on, on Wednesday, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Andy touched on it there in terms of it would, like... You feel for the supporters if if we didn't win, but would it be would it be a nice thing for them if we didn't win, but we'd played the kids and something, you know, they'd they'd done their best and you know there there was something to take back from you know some good breakthrough or standout performances from some of the fringe players. Yeah. Um, that's kind of best case scenario <laughs> for me to avoid uh, the inevitable five goal plus at, uh, at Anfield. Um, yeah, we've got too much scar tissue there I think uh to for anybody to be remotely enticed by that fixture I think um yeah I think you you've you've got to we've got to be focusing on West Brom and Leeds um so as much as they can change the team the better I mean for the home leg he, you know, he he made sure Gunn and Kenny and Sarah were not involved and I think that Mm. I think that probably needs to happen again. Like, what what is the benefit of you know Sarah's playing all of these games and starting all of these games? Like, don't make him don't make him get on whatever mode of transport they get. <laughs> and what if the pitch is frozen as well? Like, we're having a cold snap. What if they get all the way there? Could happen. We, you know, it's like that. What's that? The Walsall game was it where they? Had I went. I went pitch. to that. Yeah. I Did went you go to, to that game. one? Well, yeah. I mean, I was trying to go, but yeah, got there, pulled into the car park. The steward went, "It's off." <laughs> it was like, oh. <laughs> but they did get let us go and have a look at the pitch and look at the sort of big braziers with the uh, like kindling all over the pitch <laughs> trying to <laughs> melt it. I think they wanted to prove to us that they were definitely trying to get it on. Um, well. Wasn't wasn't that the one that Paul Lambert basically wanted to be off? And I just imagine just imagine him like like pulling out like the you know turning off turning off the heaters <laughs> at the wall and stuff to to make sure it didn't happen. I think that was in the middle of congested fixtures or something. It was like December the twenty eighth or something. It was just yeah, in that, that sort of tricky period. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it was good fun. Good Did fun. you stick around in Walsall for a nice uh, Christmas uh, no, stared, stared at the pitch and then got in the car and drove, and go, drove home again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at least you can say you've been. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope nobody's listening to this on the coach to Bristol because <laughs> I feel like we've laughed at you for shelling out all that money That's and now we're saying we, don't, we hope that we lose. <laughs> It is the dedication is admirable, and I don't hope we lose. I hope I hope it's a four three win, and we come from behind, and it's a thriller. So um, that's what that's what we really want. Uh, but also, let's let's rest all the star players, um, and then yes, to take it back to obviously the much 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 more important league game um, against West Brom at Carrow Road uh, on Saturday. Um, Steve Bruce versus Dean Smith last season um, in what was surprisingly with those two managers a really turgid game um so hopefully this one will be better um we'll be back before Leeds but that one has now been moved to the 24th of January which is following Wednesday um but to look at the West Brom game Andy because of the red card uh in the Boxing Day game for science that we talked about we didn't really get a proper chance to see these two teams uh head to head West Brom have lost three of the last four away from home so they're not in as good a form as I thought. How do you see this one going? I mean, it is quite an important one, I guess. It, well, it is, isn't it? I mean, Norwich have got to be looking to to, to win those sort of games. Yeah. 
they, they need they need a scout, don't they? I think they need a notable scout, and and West Brom might be one of them. I think they're a team that we probably would expect to be in the playoffs at the end of the season. I, I would have thought it, it kind of feels like sixth place is the one up for grabs, yeah. and maybe West Brom are just going to be above that. Um, you, you can't see them getting into third or fourth, but fifth place looks pretty pretty sewn up unless they go on a terrible run of form. But they're they're decent, aren't they? I mean, Corbrand's a very good coach. Mm. Uh, they're a very well coached team, and with that with that game on Boxing Day, I mean, I, I know signs were sent off, but West Brom were dominant at that stage, weren't they? Let's be honest. So mm. whether that hugely affected the outcome, I don't know. But it is it is hard to judge, isn't it? Because you you don't know how it would have panned out with eleven against eleven, but they were the better team on on that day. But obviously, you know, you're at home, and they have to try and turn this this home form around and start beating teams like this. Uh, at Carrow Road because that's the only way they're going to get in the playoffs. They need to, they need to win games like this, and it's it's not impossible, is it? I mean, they're not they're not Real Madrid, they're West Brom, and it's a game that <laughs> they can they can win. And and with Sergeant Bat, with Barnes, and 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 that that system that we talked about earlier, if we can just free up Sarah to create some stuff, I, I don't see I don't see why Norwich can't win that game. No. What do you think, Zoe? No injury issues other than Hanley. Are we are we in scalp the big scalp of West Brom? Five nil, five nil minimum, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> I I I think we do need to. I think if if West Brom win their ten points ahead of us, which feels like too many um, mm. at this stage, so we do really need to win. And I think, sort of harking back to my despair from earlier, I think one of the disappointing things over the last few years has been that in every kind of game that's felt big we've not really turned up and mm. I think that's we you know really lacking that kind of like you know one of those games where you know it's exciting from start to finish and it's tense and you know we got that a bit with the Ipswich game and that that probably was our first game in three years that you know was a big occasion and we didn't just fail to turn up to the party and I, hopefully that will give them some confidence that you know Say West Brom aren't Real Madrid, neither are Ipswich, but they're probably a little slightly closer in terms of the, the way that they're playing than perhaps West Brom are. So um, I think we've got to have a bit of confidence. We've got to have a bit of that fighting spirit that they have shown in recent games um, and try and convert that into a bit of sort of, I guess, front foot pressure rather than uh, necessarily setting up uh, to be, I guess, dominated throughout the game. Um yeah, we've got to win. I hope. I think we can win. Um, I just hope that. Yeah, I hope they turn up. I think we and, will win. Yeah, we will win. Obviously, yeah, be fine. Oh, sorry. Yes, five nil. I'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's an excellent point actually. And one thing I had kind of forgotten about the Wagner tenure that every time there's been a bit of hope, we've just absolutely soiled ourselves. Like even going back to the, I think what his third game in charge after we beat. Preston and Coventry and thought, God, these guys are back. Yep, playoffs, mm-hmm. here we come. I think we might have even been in the playoffs at this point. And then got absolutely obliterated by Burnley. Um, I can't remember anything about that game other than Tim Krul just passing it to <laughs> Burnley. Literally <laughs> just giving it to him and going, there you go, there you go, mate. Um, and then the same against Sunderland, I think, where we were off the back of uh, that win at Millwall. Um, the Millwall and- game, yeah, when it felt like something might be happening and then... yeah. Felt like we were back and um, really weren't. So yeah, the more, so they they will have truly turned a corner. I think. Um, well, they will have turned a bit of a corner. They'll have turned forty five degrees if they uh, if they can um, 
get a win in this one. So yeah, it does feel big. So um and if just you're going get, to that one, look forward to that. Get people thinking about what's happening on the pitch as, as rather than being distracted yeah. by football governance, which I, I'm sure it's never been this interesting to anybody until it like till Norwich fans now, who are now sort of suddenly obsessed with the ins and outs of the day-to-day running of the club. Like we should not be thinking about that. We should not be preoccupied by that. And I understand why people are thinking about it, but if we just had something to take our minds off that during 90 minutes at Carroll Road, I think it would probably help everybody settle down a little bit. Yep. Would not want to be one of those podcasts that spent 10 minutes discussing a can being chucked at a car. (laughs) (laughs) Concentrate on what's going on on the pitch, guys. Come on. (laughs) None of this extraneous nonsense. Um, Well, I I think that's probably pretty much covered uh, what we're expecting through, through in the cup. Uh, five nil win over West Brom. Um, and then Playoff place field. Of... Yeah. <laughs> and then Ellen Road and uh, Anfield in the space of four days. <laughs> okay. Um, I assume you're going. Are you going to Ellen Road, Zoe? Did you? Was that your? Currently to be was... decided, but uh, yeah, it is. It is my match pick as an away member. So say, uh, thirty-six quid. So oh, for the coach. That only gets you two thirds of the way to Bristol. <laughs> should feel uh, should feel grateful. Um, Andy, did did you have a did you have a match pick from this season? Do you do you worry about such things being in the media? No, I'm I'm often working, so it's it's hard to. Um, the the Liverpool game would be on ITV though. If um, that's true, if if, if it is uh, if it is to be that, so Liverpool against Norwich would be on ITV. So from a selfish point of view, it would be good from that respect. But how many people are going to be tuning into that? I don't know. <laughs> is, that a, <laughs> is that a guaranteed trip to Anfield for you then? Uh, it's possible. It's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. But we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I'm sceptical about whether that will happen or not. I, I think Bristol Rovers will probably win, but we'll see. Well, if you're listening from the ITV uh, editorial team or production team or whoever you are, <laughs> let Andy go. You know, he's, uh, have you never been to Anfield before? I've never been to Anfield. No, no. Um, I mean, it's an incredible stadium, but that soon sort of wears off when you're five nil down. No, 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 no. <laughs> if, you've, you've, you're fine. If you've made a pitch, don't don't spoil it now. <laughs> It'll be the best day of your life, and we're going to win. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, course, that's yeah. the narrative we're going with. Um, have we got Kenny other business? Um, this is where we would normally look to the comments, but uh, they are empty as we're not doing this live. So in which in which case uh, I have no Kenny other business either. No, so um, that is all for today's On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast that hopes we've left you all happier than Liam Rossinia was on Friday night. Uh, <laughs> make sure you subscribe to uh, the podcast if you haven't already. It's free on your usual player. Just search On the Ball Norwich City on your preferred social platform. Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions, uh, send me a direct message on Twitter at NCFC numbers. I'm very slow at replying, but I do try. Um, a huge thank you to our two guests tonight. Uh, what a what a way to kick off 2024 for the podcast. Um, Andy, great to have you back on. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed that uh, that you make it to Liverpool. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, thanks, Andy, Steve. Thank you. No, pleasure. And uh, a pleasure as always as well, Zoe. Um, Thank you for coming on and see you on Saturday, I guess. Yeah, see you Saturday. You've now convinced me that we're going to finish at least third. So I feel like it was the experience I needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, am I am I now the positive one? I, mm, okay, mm. I mean, 
you might want to work on that because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really feel like I am. And I will have completely flipped uh, by uh, ne- next week's pod if uh, if we've lost twice in a week. So I think I'm just the fickle one. That's all I am. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back in, in just a week's time. Uh, imagine that. Not, not long to wait at all. Uh, until then, never mind the danger.